Amen. So today's my third Sunday talking about the believer's authority. Uh, what I'm going to be sharing today is like two sermons in one day. I'll try not to rush it, but it, I might be fast a little bit because I'm, I'm conscious of the other uh, coming Sundays where we have a lot of activities like for next week is partying weekend uh, in London. The week after is partying here in the Mekins. Then I can then um, the following week I have one week off. <laughs> I mean we are not meeting on the last Sunday of the year, which is Christmas Day. Okay, uh, so so at Transformers Church, well, there's one formal, there's one Sunday on record that we don't meet, and that's the last Sunday of the year. So if Christmas Day was not even on a Sunday, we don't meet on the last Sunday of the year. So Christmas Day, personally. I don't like going to church on Christmas Day. Anybody can take offense in that and say, Pastor, but you're a man of God. Whatever. If I spend about 52 weeks, uh, 51 weeks teaching you the word of God, I have midweek meeting, Bible study, one-on-one sessions. Mate, come on. Like, <laughs> and that's for people who are taking offense because I said I don't, like, I don't like going to church on Christmas Day. For me, Christmas Day, spend time with your family. You know, my wife was suggesting maybe we'll come on Zoom. And then just say hi to one another. I said, if you will lead that one, that's fine. I'll probably be under my duvet. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You know, this is me and uh, that's just my take. You know, spend time with your family. Enjoy, celebrate Christmas. The week, uh, Sunday the 18th, right? I'm going to be addressing a, a topic on is Christmas a pagan festival. Is Christmas a pagan festival? You don't want to miss it. I see all manner of junk and I hear all, a lot of uninformed people say that Christmas is a pagan festival. It's not true. And I'm going to come with facts and data and start, uh, yeah, fact, data and information to substantiate that on the 18th. So um, if, you have, if you have a question about that, then meet with us on the 18th, the last son, our own last Sunday of the year, uh, where I'll be talking about that. Amen. So third week. Believers' authority. Now, today I want to focus on enforcing your authority, right? Enforcing your authority. And if I will say enforce, I will say establishing your authority, making your authority stand, right? Making your authority stand. These are my own words, not dictionary definitions. Making your authority stand, you know, um, uh, demanding compliance to your authority. Yeah, that's another word. Demanding compliance. When you cause people or demand something to comply to your authority. So let me give you an analogy. Now, uh, a policeman, the policeman stands at the, at the T-junction, the junction of the road, and a policeman in uniform, right? And he orders you to stop by waving his hand or wave you down, right? Um, regardless of his size, whether he's as tall as I am or not as tall as I am, or whether he's as built up as I am, or not as beautiful as I am. You're looking, where's beautiful? Man, I'm where's the muzzle? <laughs> now, the fact that he's wearing that uniform and, and wave you down, you got to stop. No, no problem, don't stop. You find letters in your home and um, all manner of stuff. So what am I trying to say? The policeman may, may see a need or a reason for him to wave down a car or to stop a vehicle. But if it does not stop the vehicle, the vehicle will not stop. So if a person is driving, um, has, is careless in their driving, so the policeman has the authority and the right, 
representing the king and the laws of the land to tell the driver to stop and to correct and to whatever he or she needs to do. But if the careless driver is approaching or if there's a report about careless driving or a careless driver is approaching pedestrians and can harm them, if the policeman or woman does not wave or stop the driver, the driver will not stop. So it's another thing if the driver stops or not. But first of all, the policeman, the, the police, the authority, what do you call it now? Okay, right, that's fine. Right, the police officer, yeah, because I'm thinking man, man. Okay, right. So the police officer must enforce the authority. So when they must enforce, yeah. So when they flag or wave a driver, a careless driver to stop, right, you know, what they are doing is they're enforcing the authority, saying on um, by the authority given to me by the queen, and I can, as you can see in my uniform, I command you to stop, right? So you may say, how does this play? I'm going to take it gradually. I'm going to bring it into, uh, into what we're talking about. So sometimes people, because they are five days old in the faith, because, or because they are, you know, they, they don't think they are spiritually minded as me. Many people don't know how, you know, they don't even know what's going on in my spiritual life. But in their mind, they just think that they are, they are, uh, because I'm a pastor, I, I'm, I'm super, super spiritual. Amen. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm carnal, but you can tell. And you can tell that I'm not carnal. In, in not many of our interactions, one-on-one -on -one interactions. Now, people will compare themselves in their own mind, and that's why I'm, I'm being specific, their own mind, according to their own estimation. They don't think they are holy enough. So as a result, they don't enforce authority. They don't give demons instruction to get off their property. So people disqualify themselves in a sense by one, for one reason or the other, and they don't enforce the authority they have in Christ Jesus. I've covered, in the past two weeks, I've talked about authority, so you can avail yourself to those messages. And, um, you know, when you listen to, watch this one or listen to this one, then it makes more sense. But if you've been following us for the past two weeks, you can't understand what I'm saying. Okay, uh, for, just for the sake of someone who might be watching or listening for the first time. Now, our, our authority is, um, is a right or order to give, uh, is, is a right to give orders, is a right to uh, demand obedience, right? Uh, and I define power as ability to do something when you can actually execute. So if I would connect power and authority to what I was saying about the police officer, now, the police officer does not have the power to stop a vehicle. When we're talking about physical power, it does not have the power to stop a vehicle, but it has a right, the authority, to tell the person controlling the vehicle to stop. Does it make sense? So a believer, likewise, can, does not have a power to fight demons. They will beat you up. We're talking about the seven sons of Sceva uh, last week. One person, a demon-possessed person, beat seven people to the point whereby they were bleeding. To the point of bleeding. Now, the believer does not have physical power to match demons. They've been, many of them have been here before you were born. So they know the system. They know humanity properly. They know medical science. They know a lot of stuff. So a, so a believer physically does not have a power to combat or to deal with um, demons. You know, some churches or some Christians who believe they can, 
Now, this actually happened with Nigeria. So the pastor asked them to come to church with a, with a cane. With a cane. So all the church members went to church with a cane. And what they were doing in the service was they were flogging. You know, they were beaten in the air, but that means they were beating demons. They were beating stuff. And I've also seen practices whereby uh, people will try to beat demons out of people. You know, beat them with brooms and all kind of stuff. Those, now, demons are unclean spirits. They are invisible. No physical power can match that of demons. Demons are powerful. I repeat, demons are powerful. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying they have abilities. They have what? Abilities to do stuff. You see a slim, pretty young boy or young girl, very you know, petite, and, you, and when they are demon possessed, you see them remove a iron gate. Iron gate that even, um, what's this guy's name? The Rock. The Rock cannot remove. The Rock, the Rock it was, a, it was a wrestler, right? It's a movie, you know, I think some other movies I don't want to mention is because I, because I don't want to watch those movies. They are ungodly. Because I couldn't watch past the first five seconds of the movie. Very ungodly and very popular. So leave those ones. Okay, I'll say it. If you're watching Fast and Furious, I think I saw five, uh, Fast and Furious 5. I couldn't watch it past the first five seconds. If you are watching it and you're laughing at it, you are watching death. Because of all of the nudity and all of the filthy things that are in it. I don't know how a man will watch Fast and Furious, I think five, right? I can't remember which one. That watch it and laugh and, and, and see that as entertainment. That's death. I wonder why you are looking at, you, you are struggling not to look at women lustfully. When what they, what, what, what they advertise to you and what they... The, the, way they, the way they present it to you and normalize it to you, they, they normalize fornication and adultery, filth, and all manner of loss. They normalize it to you, and it's part of lifestyle for you, and you're thinking that's entertainment. And I, I, I have problems with women, too, who sometimes are not protective of their own, what their husband or their kids are exposed to. That's word of knowledge for someone. So in case you have it in your... In your stead, just go and watch it. I know it's rated 12, but that's why I watched, that's why I clicked on it to, to, to watch one day when I was trying, trying to chill. And I was like, I will not allow my 12-year-old to watch this demonic, demonic movie. Amen. Regardless of what the man of God, the pastor you respect, says about that movie, it's ungodly, it is evil, it's demonic. Be careful. Guard your heart with all diligence. Amen. Praise the Lord. I believe that's a word for someone. So, now, you see a child, a, a young child, a young child, a young boy or girl, you know, who is not as big as, or as bulky or strong, physically strong as many of those guys, you know, remove an iron gate. That's not their, that's not their normal physical strength. And, and, you know, to destroy stuff. So those are demons. So when it comes to physical um, ability, human beings generally are no match for demons. And that's why we don't try to fight demons or wrestle with demons with human strength. They will beat you. They will beat, they will beat you well. The same thing to medical situations, health challenges that are demon, that have the involvement of demons in it. No medication can cure any demonic infirmity. I repeat, no medication can... No medication can defeat, can counter, can address, can eliminate operation of a demon. So that's why every believer, when somebody comes to you, you know, say they are sick and things, you got to be careful. I remember I was reading this in the book of John chapter 5. 
the man that Jesus met at the gate called Bethesda, at the pool called Bethesda, is that the pool, right? Sheep gate in the pool called Bethesda. So this guy has been has this infirmity for 38 years. Jesus healed this guy, and later on Jesus saw the guy and said, you know what? Stop sinning, lest, lest a worse thing come upon you. So some people's sickness is connected to their ungod, to the wickedness of their heart and the bad practices that they involve themselves in. There are some people that you, they will come to you for prayers. Watch this, I'm teaching on authority here. They'll come to you for prayers. You have to be discerning to know, you have to be discerning and not be so quick to jump into prayers. Because the thing is, is if they are involving themselves in some evil practices, no matter how much you pray, you will not see results. And you think God is not answering your prayer. I was saying to a family that we're hosting yesterday, we had a lovely time with them yesterday. And I was saying to them yesterday, I said, this is going to be my best Christmas. This Christmas is going to be my best Christmas. And since I came into the UK, and even yes, since I became an adult, you know why? Because of the revelation understanding that I have about many things about believers' authority. Next week, I'm going to focus on the jurisdiction, the boundaries of the believers' authority. I have so much peace. Now, I don't try to help people by force. I don't help try to help people by force. You know, you must. No. I will love you. I will care about you. I will pray for you. I will counsel you. I will advise. But it's left for you to take it. Now, let me say something to you. If God could not force me to change, so why do you think you can force people to change? Do you know why people will go to hell? People go to hell by choice because they rejected the truth. Do you think God could not force the truth on people? If God was, in, was sovereign and in control and can change anybody, would all of us not be perfect, sound, saints like me? I'm joking. <laughs> if God can change people, Everyone will change. So if God cannot change people except people choose to change and yield and receive the gospel, then what makes me think I can change people? I'll love you, I'll bless you, I'll speak the word of God. People know where to go to find the truth. You think people don't know that? I speak the truth in Transformers Church. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that people, who, people, <laughs> people of darkness will not come to light because their works is darkness. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So my life is very, very easy now. I, if people don't want to share things with me, sometimes I see people struggling, and I know spiritually they're struggling, and I say, how is everything going? Are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. They know. If people don't want to share stuff with me, they have the right not to share. Do you know what? It's even a blessing for me because it, 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 uh, it minimizes my workload. Life is not difficult. And I'm so grateful to God for these things it's taught me because this is very different from the pastoring that I was given. If a pastor dies of high blood pressure, he's not, with all due respect, he's not serious. He's not well-educated. You die because you are doing church. Ah, that's not the calling of God. Or you didn't manage it well. Amen. In as much as I think that was a few nights ago, I was thinking about, the, I, I, literally, I spent about three hours thinking about the church. Not in a worry or distress mode, like going forward, Lord, how are we going, how are we going to do this? Manage, this, manage this, manage this, and stuff. I do a lot of thinking, planning, strategizing, praying. Three hours since I woke up like from five to like eight o'clock. I do a lot of stuff. I pray for people. I pray for my people. I care about my people. I check on my people. Amen. But I ain't going to kill myself. That's why we teach people. 
Our job is very easy. Ephesians 4, 11. Now, what things I'm covering right now, word of knowledge for someone, I don't know what that applies to. Our job is very different. Ephesians 4, 11 to 14, thereabout. Educate people, train them to be able to do the work of ministry. Let them to be the star of the show, to fulfill their purpose. God has not called me to lead people. What are we talking about? Pastoring is very, it's demanding, very, very demanding, I must be honest. But no pastor should die. Because they are pastoring. Ah, his church is stressful. You know, people tell me, they say, you know, church people are selfish. You know, they always want your time. I'm thinking, he's the one that you give them. You know you are not feeling well. You know you are tired. And that's when somebody, ha, ah, pastor, hey, I want to die. You can't die. Go open your Bible, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Open your Bible. Go and pray. When you, finish, when you pray for half an hour, for the five minutes, then come back to me and I will top it up. It's simple. Ah, no, pastor, you must lay hands on me. If they call you back, why would you answer the phone? It's simple. Pastors have to also be focused, be disciplined. No, have to be focused on helping people grow. You don't spoil the people. You don't spoil them. There's some young people. They, I'm just watching. You think I'll be chasing you? Uh, you're a joker. <laughs> oh, pastoring is so... When you have a life, you have a family. I don't know why I'm... Lord, what is this? Okay, well, I'll, I'll keep blessing that person. Um, I don't take special offerings. It's free because the gospel is free, right? But let, as the word blesses you, please just uh, let me know that you are the one I'm speaking to. And if you are the one God is speaking to to make life easier for your pastor, grow up. Amen. Praise the Lord. So demons, like we're saying, before we got into word of knowledge, demons are no match if you're going to combat them physically. Amen. Praise the Lord. So talking about enforcing your authority, I'm saying, what did I say? To demand compliance to your authority. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, a few things I'm going to quickly call out based on the things that God has been showing me concerning today. One second, please. Here we go. So there were some specific things that God laid in my spirit on, on, I think, on Thursday. So let me quickly cover those ones. And then if I... If we have more time, then I'll go into my note. But let me do what God uh, lays in my spirit first about believers' authority. So let's turn our Bible to Colossians chapter 2, uh, I think from verse 5. Colossians 2, 5. I'm reading from the... Uh, New King James Version. Uh, one second. Do, do. Sorry, I think I'm looking at the wrong. Okay, I was just thinking of verse 5, and then I'll find my way. No, that's not what I'm looking for. So guys, just give me one second, please. Colossians 2.10, what does it say? Uh, da, da, da. Let me take it, let's take it from 10 and I'll read it all the way down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Say, and you are completing him who is the head of all principality and power. And you are what? You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Talking about Jesus. He is the head of all principality and power. Do you know what that means? Principalities and power submit to the authority of Jesus. 
And the Bible says that you are complete in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. I'm trusting God for understanding for you guys so that you can get this picture. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Colossians 1, I think it was 16, the, the previous uh, chapter, verse 16. Let's quickly go there again. Let me remind us the verse we read last week. Colossians 1, 16 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and is therefore, and is before all things, and in him all things consist. And is the head of the body, the church. Watch that. Is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things it may have preeminence. Now, hold that thought there. Who is the church? You. Jesus is the head of the body. He said, in him all things consist. All things was created through him. What you can see, what you cannot see. So this, this Bible verses are, are, are explained to us, are showing us the supremacy of Jesus over all manner and kinds of powers. Then we go to verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. It says, and you are complete. You know, when I started, I was talking about the fact that some people, they don't enforce their authority because they consider themselves inferior to some other believers or some men of God. Right? But the Bible is saying here that you are complete. There's, there's nothing defective or broken in your life that makes you, in, that, that disqualifies you to uh, that qualifies you from using the authority you have in Christ Jesus. Oh, and my grandma is walking. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is this. You have authority over the devil, over demons, over principalities. I'm going to show us more. And there's nothing in your life that is incomplete that disqualifies you from exercising and enforcing your authority, for demanding compliance to the word of God, for te from telling the devils, and demons to behave themselves, to stay out of your life, out of your property. Nothing is broken in your life. You say you are complete. Now, in of yourself, physically, you may be incomplete, maybe because you are not as handsome as I am, right? But I'm saying to you, the, the ladies are laughing, but I'm saying to you that in Christ Jesus, you are complete. You are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power? So when a demonic situation rises against you, or and I'm not talking about when demons are charging at you, anything that you know that and the Holy Spirit is telling you this is on this is there's a spiritual thing behind it. When a situation faces you, if you are looking at yourself, your outward look, your ability to fast, your ability to pray, that situation will continue to ride you. But if you can switch your mind to say, now, um, exterior, exteriorly or concerning the things I do, I am imperfect. But in Christ Jesus, I am complete and perfect. And you step into your position and you say, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. And you address the situation, things will shift. Now, if you are trying to qualify yourself for, belief, for your authority in Christ Jesus based on your performance, you ain't going anywhere. I repeat, if you are trying to qualify yourself for, the, for your authority in Christ Jesus based on your works, based on your fasting, how well you pray, how long you sleep or short you sleep, how many times you show up in church, you are going nowhere. Because that's what we call works. Amen. Mark chapter 16, Jesus says you should go into the world, make disciples of men, 
and said, in my name, you cast out devils. In my name, you speak in new tongues. In my name, you lay your hand upon the sick, they will recover. In my name. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. He has given us the right to the use of his name. Uh, Peter said in, the book, in John, uh, Acts chapter 3, the man that was born lame, right? He said, uh, he asked, you know, he, they said to him, look at us. That's Peter and John, you know, they're my guys. They said, look at us. And the guy was expecting them to give him something. And Peter said, silver I good or good I do not have. I think it would be good for me to have some silver or good, but that's fine. <laughs> silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, yeah, I give unto you. It, what, the, guy, the guy knows he has it. I don't know how, how long Peter prayed that morning before he stooped out. I don't know. I don't, before he stepped out. Before he, I, did, I don't know. But the guy said, what I have, I, you know, I give unto you. Jolomi was praying for us this morning. Uh, leading on prayer in that we understand what we carry. I mean, I mean, when I say what we carry, because of my English friends, like, what we have, what's given to us. He said, but what I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sunday, calm down. Rise up and walk. He knows he has the authority over demons, over sickness, over diseases. He knows he has it. It's not, it's not head knowledge. Rise up and walk. The guy what? He stood up. They helped the guy. You must stand up. The things we have in Christ Jesus, our authority in Christ Jesus has nothing to do with our natural accomplishment or abilities. It's all got to do with our position in Christ. And the Bible says that you are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power? I remember the days I, I wrote this verse, of the, this verse on my whiteboard in my study. And every morning as I'm praying in tongues, I'm speaking it out. I am complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power? I am complete in him. There's no brokenness in me. There's no disqualification in me. In Christ Jesus, not exteriorly, not in my outward appearance, not in the things that I do, but in my position as a child of God, I am complete in him. The Bible says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The things that belong to me in Christ Jesus are not the things I labored for. They were given to me. It's a gift. Let's carry on. Is that in him you were also, uh, verse 11 of Colossians chapter 2, in him, you, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the whole body of the sins of the flesh. Putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith. In the working of God, who raised him from the dead. He said, and you being dead, being dead in your trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh, watch this, he has made a life together with him. I haven't forgiven all trespasses. So if you are thinking it's your trespasses that is making that, that makes you or that disqualifies you for the word of God, um, I mean to have access to the authority in Christ Jesus, the Bible says all oh, your sins have been forgiven. Now I must say something there. This is me jumping ahead of myself a little bit here. When, when it comes to enforcing our authority, so you can't be living ungodly lifestyle, sinful lifestyle. I think you will have the confidence to enforce your authority in Christ Jesus. No. You cannot be living a life as a sinner. I'm not saying you're a sinner, but your lifestyle is a lifestyle of a sinner. You cannot be living that lifestyle and you think you will have the confidence 
to tell the devil to be, to stand his place. I mean, the guy's going to look at you like, what are you talking about? You know we are the same. So, believers, we must learn to mind our business. You know, some people, it seems like they pray, they cast out demons, nothing happened and things like that. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what people are doing behind the secret. God forbid you open some people's wardrobe. What you will find there? So, don't, don't rate or judge what, your, the effectiveness of, what, your, what, what the effectiveness of your spiritual life should be based on the outcome in the life of another believer. What I mean is this. The fact that the pastor died of something, or something or something, don't use that as a kind of a, a, a yastic or a kind of a benchmark to say things like this. This is what I'm trying to say. If, if this can happen to that man of God, how much more me? It ain't your business. You don't know what the man of God, in quote, has been up to behind the scenes. You don't know. So just mind your business, read your Bible, pray, ensure you understand the word of God and live your life. You have no clue what people are doing behind the scenes. And this is why we should not learn, we should not be looking at people. That's Nigerian kind of grammar. We should not look at people based on how they present themselves to us. Love people, mind your business. Focus on your own spiritual growth. The effectiveness of your Christian life should not be relative to what another man of God is doing or saying. Amen. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I will not tell you because I know stuff going on behind the scenes. So when I hear a man of God, this happened, this happened, many of them are not surprised because I saw it coming. They are human beings like you. We just have many times, many of us are so careless. We've forgotten that, you know, the moment we step into that office as a pastor or whatever, you know, we have, the, the enemy has drawn a, 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 a large, a much larger target on our back and is shooting at us. And we live careless lifestyle. You know, there are movies I cannot watch. Not because I can't, and I have to make myself understand this because I still go to my friend's place and things like that. But since the moment I step into the office of a pastor, there are things I cannot do. I cannot live a careless life anyhow. I can't eat just anywhere. There are things I cannot do. There are ladies I can't allow in my space. Because I know if the enemy can take me down, it can block a lot of people from receiving the truth and for freedom. Because, let me, let me spare you all of our details. So, you do, so many men of God, it's not that they are sinning, but they are careless. As a pastor, you want to hear the truth? As a pastor, the moment you step into the office, the Bible says that we should be hospitable. But I'm telling you the truth from practical experience. As a pastor, you limit the... Um, you limit the amount of people that visit you. I was told about Papa Egan, can I hear again, that he lived a very guarded life. Andrew Mark said he lives a very restricted lifestyle. These are the people I follow. You know, we're talking about accommodating people, housing people, you know, we're talking about, we got in a conversation and we're talking about that recently. And because of what I've stepped into, I cannot accommodate, I cannot just accommodate people. There's some ladies I can't allow to spend the night in my house. You can't tell that they're seductive. You can't. Stop that nonsense. Are you Jesus? To help everybody in the world. There are, you, you, we need to learn to understand our human limitation and know our boundaries. That women are, that we will not spend a night in my house. Even though my wife is around. They will not even, by 9 p.m., I'm checking, the, when are you leaving? Seriously. 
So when you hear a man of God fell or something or something, say, don't say because of that you cannot enforce your authority. Don't, because the enemy is very good. I've experienced it when I was growing up. If this can happen to this man of God, how much more you? It ain't your business. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. And the more you take your spiritual life seriously, the more the enemy try to hinder your effectiveness. So if you know you want to be a sound Christian, right, you need to be more cautious, live a more guarded life. There are places you can't visit. There are places you can't go. If I'm hosting some guests and they want to watch certain movie, it's not going to happen. You can watch it in your home, but not in my place. Because my house has to be constantly spiritual so that I can remain effective. I, it is a, I make it a duty that there's no strife between me and my wife. No form. I make it a duty because I understand the implication. Because I don't know how to live a double life. It's just too hard. Then you, know, you didn't allow somebody to come into your home and start scattering your house because they are homeless. Get them Airbnb. Pay for two months. This is serious stuff, friends. So what happened in, in another believer's life does not impact on your level of authority in Christ Jesus because you are what? Complete in him. Your position. Take it. So let's quickly look at, um, okay, I, I need to read it further down. I know I'm rushing a little bit. I need to read it further down. Then we'll go and look at uh, Ephesians 1 and Colossians, uh, Ephesians 2. Then we'll try to put all of this together. Now watch this, uh, verse 13, 13. It says, and you've been dead in your trespasses and, uh, and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made a life together with him. having forgiven you all your trespasses, all trespasses. Now watch this. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us. Jesus, by his blood, by the giving up of his life, every account of the enemy against you to disqualify you has been taken care of. So for the believer to believe in a life of condemnation is not to know what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. And I lived that lifestyle for so many years. And that's why anybody, any pastor, any prophet, anybody that comes near me and tries to make me feel inferior, I will distance myself from them like, from, like, from like here to Nigeria. How many miles? How many thousands of miles is that? Friends, these are serious stuff. Do you know how many, do you know how, how demons proud and messed you know, messed me about because of this thinking that I'm talking about here. Do you, many, do you know how many things were not working in my life because I considered myself inadequate, inferior to men of God and I could not occupy my place of authority? Do you know how he nearly killed me? Because the thing is this. See, if you are not occupying your place of authority in Christ Jesus, the devil is accommodating you. It's just simple. And, as you have, and since you have a great destiny, the enemy will try to stop you from accessing it because billions of lives depend on what God has called you to do. So I take this thing very seriously. Many men of God have distanced myself from them because I will not allow you to come near and make me feel I am inadequate to do what God has called me to do. Hold yourself. And that's why I don't do such a... I know people take me for granted because I don't relate with them in a controlling manner. But I will not allow people to change me. I would rather stay on the side of Jesus. People take me for granted. They don't take me serious. All the best. 
They reap the consequence of their action. And that's why I'm teaching my people to learn to respect one another. He's not, you know, I was having a chat with one of us, during, I think last week. You know, see, if you, if you see my wife at the gate, but because you don't, you don't know that she's Pastor Tony's wife, and you turn your nose or you talk to her condescendingly, then she comes in and then she says, praise the Lord, and I'm doing me cold. I'm like, that's a pastor's wife, I didn't know. We need to teach you properly. In the body of Christ, we don't respect people because of their position in the church or anything, but because they're a child of God. I repeat, in the kingdom of God, as believers, we don't respect people on the basis of their position in the church or their title or position in the secular world. We treat people nicely. We care about people simply in the church. I mean now, simply because they are a child of God. And we even respect all men, all women. So it's not good practice that you, you respect someone or take them seriously because they have a position or they have some natural accomplishment. I'll tell you the truth. If I see Jeff Bezos today, I will not, take, I will not do a selfie. I will not take a selfie with him. If he says that, let's take I, I won't. Because it don't matter his natural accomplishment on earth. They are nothing compared to what God has done for me in Christ Jesus and what God has given to me. Everything, all the AWS, everything. Okay, I'm, I'm getting to cloud technology bit by bit. Everything burns and perish here on earth. And believers got to get this. This message needs to get some people. Many believers are, they are, they are equating or they are measuring life by natural accomplishment, it's not right. And as a, as a result, Christianity has been, has, has been taken as a joke in many places because many believers consider life by, define life as natural accomplishment, you know, all kind of stuff. And they wonder why people, you know, why people take us like we, we don't know what we're doing. Amen. That's, I think that's for someone. Let's carry on. Now, um, verse 14, it says, and Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now watch this. Having the same principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Amen. Jesus has the same. I mean, anything demons, unclean spirits can use against you, Jesus has destroyed it and has given you authority right so let's speed up a little bit here. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, very quickly. Philippians 2, 10. Watch this. Uh, okay, I think this is where I was thinking of taking it from verse 5, not the previous um, Bible uh, verse. Because I don't have these verses in my notes. I'm just calling out in my spirit as the Lord was leading me. So let's watch this. Uh, Philippians 2, from verse 5. So let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a burnt servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also as highly exalted him exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow 
of those in heaven. When you say heaven, you're talking about spiritual realm. And those on the earth, even on the earth, when some demons enter some people and they start manifesting, you have authority over the spirit. And those under the earth, so if you're a scuba diver like me, I really don't know what went, don't mind me. If you're a scuba diver like me and you meet some people under the water, some spirits under the water, and they want to, you know, you have authority. So in the sky, on earth, and under the I've been, every, I've been to every realm, you know. I've, I've flown in the, in the air. I, I fly airplane now. I travel by plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I drive on the road. Then I scuba diving. Come on. <laughs> the Lord is good. Right. <laughs> and, that, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So when you enforce your authority in Christ Jesus, right, demons, unclean spirit, because the name of Jesus is supreme and represent Jesus and his authority and his accomplishment, they must bow. But if you do not know that you are complete in him, forget about it. You will not be able to enforce that authority. Amen. If you don't know the power backing your authority as a believer, you will not be able to enforce. So still speeding up, let's go to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark 16, 17. And this is Jesus speaking here. He said, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. I know these verses were said not to be in the original manuscript, but it's in the Bible. I'm going to use it. So in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Watch that. Jesus said, in my name. Now, if you read verse 15, he said, go, now watch it. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, Jesus said, you should go. And he said, in my name, you will do this, which means he gives you the right to use his name. And don't forget that that name, the Bible says, is supersedes every principality, every power. And when you use that name, demons will subject, will submit themselves to that name. So if you don't understand your position, if you don't understand that you have been given the right to the use of the name of Jesus, and if you don't use it, nothing will happen. But if you don't know the first two, which is your position, and the right to use the name of Jesus, you will not even be able to enforce authority at all. You will not be able to command obedience, demand compliance to the will of God in your life. You won't be able to do that. And what I mean you will not be able to do that is this. When the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, because you do not know who you are, because you do not know your position in Christ Jesus, you, you, you will shut your mouth and the enemy will be playing with you and messing about your life. I woke up this morning and I was trying to have my tea and a feeling of anxiety hit my heart. I was like, how dare you? For what reason? For what reason? I said, you foul spirit and you foul emotion, whatever you are. I said, stop your maneuvering right now. It did not take 30 seconds. It ceased. What's that for? I was thinking of, I was just praying in the spirit, preparing for service, just praying and praying. Hear what the Lord is saying. And it just hit my heart. I was like, for what reason? And some people, they, they hold it there, they entertain it. Two days, three days, four days. No, you speak back. So when you know you are complete in Christ Jesus, you don't allow the devil to mess about, to mess you about and operating on your property. You don't take it. 
Now, the devil will operate in your life to the degree or to the measure you allow him. The degree to which you permit the devil is how the enemy will operate on your property, operate in your life. I know there are subtle ways of operating that we've not been able to discover yet, but as time goes on, we're going to see this thing. God is going to expose him. And when the enemy knows, sometimes when he knows that you are learning things like this, you know one of the things he's going to do? It's going to be hiding that you will not be able to connect a situation with him operating in your life. And I trust the Lord that as we pray, as we, you know, as we wrapping up the year, preparing for the new year, that the Lord will be exposing the operations of the enemy in your life. God has not called us to a life of depression or oppression, anxiety. These are the devil. They are of death, condemnation. And the believer must know that these things are not of God and must use their authority to stand their ground and tell those things to drift. Praise the Lord. To enforce your authority, you need to understand the power that backs your authority, which we've just talked about. Understand your position of authority, which is at the right hand of God. We're going to get into that very shortly. Colossians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Be convinced that you have been given authority. I've covered all of those things. Yeah, I walk by the Spirit. Be convinced. You need to assure yourself. You need to, you need to assure yourself, convince yourself. You need to spend time meditating, thinking until it sinks in that I have authority in Christ Jesus. I am complete in him. I have the right to use the name of Jesus. It's not, some, it's not something you hear one Sunday and that's it. No, you will spend hours, days. You will get into conversations that are, are focused on the believer's authority. You don't go and sit down with people who say, ah, we don't know what God can do. You know, we are just ordinary human beings. I, you see why I don't have many friends? Because I guard my heart. I can see some people who have to, they are thinking about how many of their friends they have to cut off. You will cut off. No matter how long they've been in your life, you will cut off. Because this is a life and death matter. You will cut off. They will say you are mean. They will say you are this. You cut off. Is everything okay? You will cut off. Because why should, why should we all in the name of relationship, then we allow some people to then make us a doormat for the devil. Some people have not seen anything yet. There's some, some of you, some, there's some WhatsApp group you come out of. That is, I left too. I'm going to leave more. I, I'll go and check. I don't think, nobody has sent me any message recently. Because any conversation that suppresses you, that does not allow you to be yourself and be able to boldly say, I'm a child of God, you get out. You come out of them. See, God has called you to a life of freedom and peace. Don't, 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 don't give it out to people who don't value it. It's a life and death matter, people of God. We are thankful for the pastor he has given to you, not the pastor of um, nonsense. The Lord Jesus, Lord, help us. We don't know what God is doing, Lord. No. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ who love us. Uh, you know her, sister. God is with you. No, don't. We are not, see, you are not called to be pitied. Everybody should hate pity. Hate it. You know, and that's why sometimes, when I'm sending a message, I'm, I don't want to use the word, oh, I'm sorry to hear. I don't like it. You must always be put in the place of, and the position of authority that you in power. Okay, let me finish good assignment before I get so excited. <clears throat> so on that point, I said, don't hesitate to use your authority. 
if it looks like the enemy speak, anxiety hits me this morning. I was like, what an insult. So that's just to tell you that, see, you can't stop the enemy from attacking you, but you can stop him from taking your territory, occupying your territory. It's like a thief. See, you, you can, we can only put so much security around you. A thief will still try to steal. But when they realize that the door is locked, then they back off. Or if they open, and then you be cocky because I'm in England. So um, I don't want to say things that will get us into problems. So let me just keep quiet. <laughs> but things know where to go. Don't go and try that in the US where people have the right to use their gun. Amen. Because I'm sure I will have gotten an AR-15 and um, some other stuff like that. Yeah, as a pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Mark was talking. He said, you know, when, oh Lord, I'm getting excited. I, I need to release you guys. Guys, just pardon me. Just pardon me today. You know, you guys are very nice. You know, uh, there was a situation in the US at that time and I can't remember the full story, but I think it said that the local, the, the local authority came to, you know, came to their school premises and uh, they, they realized that they had so much, um, uh, their armory is so, so, so strong that I think can protect, I think it's state, I can't remember, I can't remember all the details, but the, detail, but the summary is that he said these guys were packing, they had enough ammunition and stuff to protect themselves. What are you talking about? Ah. If I'm in the U.S., you see AR-15, you see, you see, you, you, I'll just pack them, yeah. Show, show, show up in my, you know I love my wife. You come into my, you come into my house to, to, I'm, I'm not a stupid pastor. And before, because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm a doormat. You guys know I'm very nice, I'm very kind, everybody knows that, right? But at the same time, I don't take nonsense. You can't harm my family, you can't hurt my family. We're going to fight it out. Okay, let me say this to you. I'm learning kickboxing, right? If somebody, if somebody, God forbid, mistakenly slap my wife, and I, and I try to push them back, and I'll get into a physical fight. I mean it. I will fight. Yeah, this unconventional Christianity, yeah. Somebody tries to harass your wife, you better get into fight. Let them beat you. Fight it. I will beat. Put it on the news. A pastor fought. You must be very stupid. Somebody is beating the pastor's wife and he's saying, hey, Lord Jesus. And he has hands. A man. He's stupid. You fight. Let them beat you. They better kill you and let the woman leave. Fight your way. Fight it anyhow. Nonsense. No, no, no. You shouldn't have done that. You have given them the second one before, before the... Before... I'll teach you more. I, I know this is streamed live, but I'm saying this on purpose. So if you, if you have questions or you have problems with that, reach out to me. I will show you from the scriptures. At some point, Jesus said to those guys, said, take your sword. When he was telling them to go and preach the gospel, he said they should not go with sword. But when, he was, when, when they were coming to arrest him, he said, well, take your what? Sword. There's no such thing as stupid Christianity. Amen. Because many people do not, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I think it's a word for someone. Because people do not understand what Christianity is about, that's why people are just running people up and down, running them off or anyhow. So we're talking about authority. Praise God. <clears throat> so as I wrap up, um, so continuously, con so uh, talking about authority here, I want to encourage us to continually use your authority and force your authority. Don't use it only on on, um, on Monday, on Sundays, and maybe Monday, because that terrible boss comes to your office on Monday. 
see, it has to become a lifestyle that you understand that you're a child of God and 24 7 you're enforcing your rights in Christ Jesus. It has to be a lifestyle. You know, you don't allow the enemy to have a leeway on some days or because you are with some friends which may look at you in a way they may be uncomfortable. Yeah, you better speak in tongues. So because you don't want your friends to think you are weird, so you, you allow the enemy to ride over you and um, you carry the problem home. You speak. Friends, don't forget, you are not normal. Amen. And I'm also encouraging myself to praise the Lord. So uh, let me see what else God spoke to me about on Thursday. So please use your authority continuously. Now watch this. Don't focus on what the devil is saying. Focus on what you have, who you are, and what God has called you to do. Please take note of this. Don't focus on what the devil is saying. Don't focus on what's going on around you, what Denise is saying. You know, um, I was speaking to a guy one day. He's a kind of pastor. And he said, not only there's farming, blah, blah, blah. And the thought was coming to enter my mind yesterday, and the Lord said, not for you. And the Lord said, that picture is not complete. In what they call farming, Many people are making themselves rich. They are make their costs. They, some rich people and the, and the government cause some economic disaster to enrich themselves. And you, and people would then say there's farming. And no, it said it's not correct. It said if there was farming, the crops will not grow. It's a natural disaster. It's not when it is human induced. Create, you know, scenarios, economic disaster created by human beings. That's not farming. Farming is when, they, like you have it in Egypt, natural disaster, the crops did not grow. That is when you can say farming. But in this situation, all of this recession and things, a believer should not consider it as a farming. It's because to some extent, economic systems not run properly and also because it's a cycle to some extent, you know, to which, you know, I don't, I'm not an economic expert, but to, to a degree, sometimes the cycle, you know, economic decisions, you know, all, all of these are human-induced. So believers should not consider a recession or anything a farming. It's not of the Lord. Even though natural, natural land farming, natural disaster, is not of the Lord, it's of the enemy. Amen. So don't focus on what the devil is saying. They say they are cutting down jobs. Forget about it because even the recession, I think the last recession was when I was told that a lot of millionaires came out of the situation. So what are we talking about? Who is fooling us? Amen. In COVID, in COVID, in COVID, some people, because they were working from home, they were working on, a, on another business, and they came, and when COVID, at the end of COVID, COVID lockdown, they were became billionaires. I, I read stories. And some people say it's the hand of the Lord. Oh, Lord. How did we get here? Who has fooled us? So don't listen to what the devil is saying. Use your authority. Focus on what the word of God says about you. Focus on what you have to, what, what you have. What, what do you have? Not what's happening out there. Focus on who you are and what God has called you to do. Mind your business. Stay in your lane. Finally, you enforce your authority by speaking the word of God and acting in line with the word. Don't live a sinner's lifestyle and think you'll be able to confidently uh, enforce your authority. He said, friends, you see, when we, when we do everything to avoid sin, what are we trying to do? We are guarding our heart. Because you release your authority from your heart. When your heart is clogged, what I'm trying to say is this. Now, when you, 
Now, notice that in your life, the times you have spoken the word of God and you have seen power, you've seen result the most, are the times you spoke from your heart, from within, not from your head. Most of the time, you can't tell where people are speaking from when you're watching other believers. So that's why you need to know what belongs to you, what you have. Amen. There are situations whereby people have prayed all day, nothing happened, and I step in the situation and I demand certain things in few seconds, few minutes, and things happen. Because those, I don't know where those guys are coming from. Whether they are going by how fast they are, where they fast, how they pray, or they are begging God. I don't know their position. What I knew was that I stepped in the situation. In less than half an hour, the matter was addressed. But they have been praying and fasting. No, nothing was happening. And I even laugh at it. I, I, make a, I make a mess of the devil when I'm dealing with certain situation. So in your business, what people are doing, what's happening out there, know what belongs to you. Mind your business. Amen. Mind your business. Stay in your lane. Finally, man, I said it was two services, three services. I wanted to teach you one, right? Finally, don't use diabolic methods to enforce your authority. Hello? Don't use diabolic methods, demonic-like methods. Methods like taking the sand and speaking to the sand. My blessings come to me. Don't do those evil things. Putting water in a bottle and putting it on a shelf or putting it outside that when the dew comes upon it and you take it, you speak the word over the, over, over the water with dew and you drink it. Those are diabolic methods. Don't do it. You are mixing something with Jesus. Don't do it. Jesus is enough. It's all you need. And all manner of things that people are given, take anointing oil, put it on an envelope, put money inside. When you go to work, do this, do that. These are diabolic methods. Don't do it. Don't try to use things to mix things with stuff. That's why they will tell you to come with a particular oil. It has to be certain quality. Are we all right? What you don't see Jesus do, don't do. What you don't see, let me put it this way. What you don't see the apostles do, don't do. If the apostles only spoke the word of God, declared the name of Jesus, that is what you should do. So if you don't know how to go about it, it shows that you need to learn more stuff. What the apostles did not do, don't do it. And don't allow anyone. Let me not mention names so that, um, you know, one of us, I'll repeat, went to a church and we're doing anointing service. She was the only person who didn't go out. And I said, ah, you didn't go out? I said, yeah, that's my own. When she was telling me, I was so proud of her. Said, that's my people. You go anywhere, they say everybody come out that the pastor should lay underneath for anointing or anointing for exploit. You were so poor. How many, how many anointing did this guy that's causing problem on Twitter, how many anointing did, 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 did anointing oil or anointing service did, 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 are we Are we thinking? It, 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 guys, you can, it's, 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 Lord Jesus, help me. Like, it's, it's so sad. Now, believers, we are thinking like people who don't have sense. The, the religion has made us to, think, to behave and act as if we don't have common sense. And that's why unbelievers are not taking us very seriously. Don't use diabolic metal. Speak the word of God. Hold the word of God. Carry Jesus into nations where nobody can suspect. When you get to the border, the, the security gate, Anything to declare? I can declare Jesus. You know, you know, right? Nothing to declare. 
Or you carry Jesus into certain places. You, do, you enter some places, they check you for whether you have AR-15, you have all kind of stuff. I don't know what place I have with AR-15 today. They check you with all kind of stuff, nothing. But you only enter that place, you, can't, you go with Jesus. Comma. Comma. Praise the Lord. So this is, just put comma in your notes and we'll continue next week. Praise the Lord. Let's bow heads of prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning for charging us, building us up, encouraging us in your word. In the name of Lord Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that your word becomes more real and real and real to us as we meditate on this word. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we pray that as we go through the week that we are reminded of our position in Christ Jesus and we stand our ground and speak the word in the name of Jesus. Enforce our authority. We pray that in the places in our lives where the enemy is taking advantage of us, that they will be exposed, there will be exposure, you will be exposed so that we can walk in this authority and we can kick him out of our businesses in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I speak over this family, families in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever the enemy has been manipulating and hiding and doing some stupid stuff, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I use my authority in Christ Jesus over this households and these lives. Satan, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off this lives right now. In the name of Jesus, yes. You foul spirit and unclean spirit manipulating these people, manipulating that situation. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command you to stand down right now and back off in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I speak freedom. I speak deliverance. I speak liberation into those lives, into that situation right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You experience the freedom and the victory of God in Christ Jesus because God has made you free. So I speak freedom. I speak deliverance into that situation right now in the name of Jesus. And you foul spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus. I say, stand down, back off in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I command that household, that family, safe, secure, whole, complete in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. So pray, I remember next week. So um, Ephesians, we will still read that Ephesians 1. And Ephesians chapter 2, talking about your place in Christ Jesus. And then I talk about the boundaries of your authority. Well, it's because we are walking towards Christmas. That's why, because if I was going to teach this in my normal self, I would teach it for maybe 20 weeks. Amen. Praise the Lord. So just enjoy the crash course so that you can have something to take into the new year. Amen. Praise the Lord.